back. <laughs> it's recording now, guys. <laughs> you didn't know that it wasn't before, but... It wasn't. We were having issues. It's fine, we just restarted it, which is how we fix most of our technical issues. It's <laughs> how everybody fixes their technical issues. It usually works. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Michelle. <laughs> and this time... We're not going to fight as much as we did last time. Hopefully. We haven't actually gotten to any of the controversial issues in our book, but we'll see. But we haven't fought yet. Last time we were fighting before we started recording. That's true. And then we fought through the whole recording. So, sorry you had to listen to that disaster. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, this podcast, we're talking about All Fall Down by Allie Carter, and it's an Embassy Row novel. It's the first one in, I assume, a series. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. It's the first in the series. Allie Carter has <laughs> written the Gallagher Girls series, which is our first one about girls at, like, a spy academy or whatever. I think there's, like, six books in that or something. But I think it's finally over. I don't know. And she also wrote the Heist Society series, which I think there's, like, three yeah, books so. in it, about people who are art thieves. Which um, is, like, ideally, if I were to commit a crime, that's <laughs> the crime I'd want to commit. Because I feel like white it's, collar and it's white collar. You get like it's like one big job, and then you're like good. <laughs> and it like it requires a lot of like intelligence. It's like a puzzle. I feel like it'd be fun. Yeah, it's fun, but you don't have to kill anybody, you know. Yeah, but now I can't do it because I've admitted it on a podcast. So hmm. now they would know that it was me. Well, I'm not sure that's enough. But yeah, so this is our third <laughs> series now. Anyway, so this is about a girl who, this is about embassies or something. Yeah, it is. So this girl who lives on Embassy Row in this country, let's pretend. But it's not Genovia, even though we wish it was. It's not Genovia, it's Adria. Yeah. And we're trying to, I think it's a Mediterranean country, I think that's yeah. pretty clear. Yeah. It, yeah, somewhere, definitely for sure in Europe, and it has coastline, and it seems like Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of some sort of strategic importance, which is really, like, not actually that important to the plot, really. No. But, so, we're following Grace Blakely, I guess is her name. So, her grandfather is the United States ambassador to Adria, which apparently is a, like, really important post. Um, And her dad is in the military, and so is her older brother, and so they, they move around a lot. Um, and her mother was killed three years ago mm-hmm. when she was 13. Now she's 16. Her mother died in this suspicious fire. Another suspicious <laughs> fire. As soon as I read that, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> this is giving me We Were Liars flashbacks. If you listen to that podcast, I, we were, like, both very unhappy with that book. That's true. I honestly didn't pick up on that angle because... I, I like, wasn't. like, mild PTSD. <laughs> we were liars. It's a very different book from We Were Liars, though. Like, it's not, like, crazy favors. It's no. not this main character that is so freaking annoying. Um, no, I really I love the cast of characters. Grace is probably one of my least favorite, but, like, not to the point where she's irritating, just that, like, the other characters are mm. fun. I enjoyed them. I described this book as, like, the best parts of a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> like, it's not fine literature, but it's not trying to be, which I appreciate. It's, like, very much an escapist yeah. adventure action novel. And it's, it's nice fun. escapism. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah, so her mom died in this suspicious fire or whatever, so her parents, or her father is, like, moving on military. So she gets sent 
long story short, she gets sent to live with her grandfather in Adria, which is where her mom grew up. Because I guess her grandfather's been the ambassador to Adria. For like 45 years. Yeah, for like ever, which I'm not sure is how the State Department works. I don't actually know how it works for ambassadors. But I know if you're just like, if you're not the ambassador, but you work for the State Department and you're assigned to these diplomatic posts, I know you move around. Right, just you like, get, like a military. You contracts or something. Right. And like, you go to like, if you go to a nice place, you get sent to a not nice place next. Right. So like, you were in France for three years. Cool. Now you're going to Somalia. I actually don't know if we have diplomatic posts. We Somalia. don't have, we have no diplomatic <laughs> JK. Somalia you, seems like the worst place to live. I only have based this upon watching um, that movie with Tom Hanks about pirates from Somalia. <laughs> but they that sh- wasn't even in Somalia. That was like in the no, ocean. No, but they like start. Have you seen that movie? No. They start the movie in Somalia and they talk. It's really sad because they're like whatever the like whatever they're called, but, like, the leaders <laughs> of the crime world in Somalia, like, come into this village, which is really just, like, tarps on sticks, and they're like, okay, who's gonna be pirates today? Oh, it's your turn, your turn, your turn, so it's these, like, three, like, teen boys, and so they go out, and they wind up getting shot at the end of the movie, but, and so it's really sad, because it's not like this is a life they chose, but, like, mm-hmm. if they yeah. don't want their family to be killed, they have to go out and pirate. It's very sad, so. Right. It really turned me off to Somalia. <laughs> Yeah, being a pirate sounds, like, super cool when you're a kid, but, like, right. real-life pirates, generally, I don't think that's, like, your favorite career choice. That's kind of, like, a... Yeah. It's a last resort sort of thing. But anyway. So, yeah, I don't think we have any embassies in Somalia. I don't know if Somalia... I guess in May to I'm looking up on Wikipedia oh, right now. Oh, I was about to Because <laughs> we will fact-check some things, because sometimes, sometimes we'll just say stuff, but sometimes we actually will look it up. Right. In May 2015, according to Wikipedia, in recognition of the socio-political progress made in Somalia and its return to effective governance, John Kerry, Secretary of State, announced a preliminary plan to reestablish <gasps> the embassy in Mogadishu. But there's no timetable. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be the ambassador. Ambassador? Ambassador. Sorry, I'm also, I'm not drunk, even though it may sound like that. Michelle's smoothie has fermented so much. (laughs) I was (laughs) drinking a smoothie, I finished it, but yeah, I think I'm getting a head cold, and also I'm not good at enunciating anyway, so these two things may lead to just, like, Paige talking and me just mumbling in the background. (laughs) Yeah, which is a little bit unfortunate, because in listening to these podcasts, I found out, like... My, like, on the last one, especially, my voice is super weak. Also, because I think I was sitting farther back from the laptop. I think I don't breathe through my diaphragm. Actually, I know for a fact I don't breathe through my <laughs> diaphragm. But how do you speak through your diaphragm? Apparently, you're supposed to, but I don't know how. I just speak through my mouth. Like <laughs> I think I take super shallow breaths, and then I try and talk as much as possible. <laughs> we should do yoga. I just to breathe better. <sighs> anyway, back to the book. <laughs> yeah, so the point is, if you work for the State Department, if you get, like, a nice, like, cushy post, your next one is... You know, out in the hinterlands, like with no electricity. I bet the U.S. and what are they called? Embassies, consulates. See, okay, what's the difference between an embassy and a consulate? Also, I don't know. Cause I feel like I think so. Like embassies are like where the ambassador is, like the official for the country, and then there's like consulates, which are sort of like outposts of the embassy. I'm just making this up, but oh yeah, I think yeah. I'm right. I think we have you have one embassy per country, but you can uh-huh. have multiple consulates. Yeah, so like I had to go to the Spain's consulate in Boston to get my student visa when I studied abroad, which was a nightmare. <laughs> Never do this; it's horrible. Yeah, but if you have to do it, I mean, good luck. But right, yeah, it was horrible. Anyway, yeah. So about this book, anyways. So, 
So this girl is the granddaughter of the ambassador. Her mother grew up in Adria as well. I guess if you're an ambassador, the whole point of that was it. I guess if you're an ambassador, you get to stay forever. Slash, in a novel, you get to do whatever. Mm-hmm. That could also be a part of this. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, and her mom's old better or whatever, and so just, like, all this old trauma. But at the beginning, she's talking about, she's talking to this woman who, I guess, is, like, second in command at the embassy. She's, like, works for her grandfather. But also seems just to be, like, Grace's nanny. It's, like, unclear yeah. on, like, her level of position. Like, she clearly has some authority, but she also just seems to follow Grace around and, like... She kind of does it all. <laughs> tell her to do things. Grace is a liability for these people, so I guess, like, if Grace was a normal person, I think they would leave her alone. Right, and I guess they do later towards the book, because she, like, disappears for, like, days at a time. I mean, she, like, goes home every night, I assume, because she has, like, a midnight curfew. But, yeah. The Who? Grace or yeah, Miss Chancellor? Grace. Miss yeah. Chancellor is the woman we're talking about. Which I thought, okay, so at the beginning of the novel, also, I was a little can bit Chancellor confused. even be a last name? That's what I was confused about. I was like, Miss Chancellor? Like, is this, I, I literally thought we were talking about, like, the Chancellor, like, the position. No, right. it's just her last name. Which, Which is my last strange. name is like that's be like your last name being like president. And then my name is Michelle President. <laughs> it's a family name. <laughs> um, yeah, but the book opens with her like talking to Miss Chancellor, and she's like, she's like telling her all the like bad stuff she's done in her life, and she's like, yeah, I jumped off the wall between Canada and Germany, and like that's how I broke my leg. And I'm like, what is this Epcot? Like, I didn't know. It was unclear what was going on in the beginning. The children do get to seem to, like, run around and do whatever the heck they want. Like, there's a lot of rules, but I actually really enjoyed that. I felt like it, like, harkened back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when you're, like, a, a child and you really think no one's paying attention to you and you're just, like, a band of children running around. Well, she also, like, has... She has panic post-traumatic attacks. post stress yeah. yeah, she has flashbacks. She has, like, severe panic attacks. Uh-huh. Sometimes. But besides that, she seems fine. Yeah, most of the time she's, like, a most smart aleck, cool. which is fine with me. Like, I'm not going to attach that. Right. <laughs> Sarcasm is truly the best weapon. Like, you won't go to jail for that. She gets, like, medicated later in the book, and I'm, like, <laughs> she's, like, I can't get out of that. Everything. Very I'm just, like, I'm, like, okay, what kind of, like, I understand that, like, you have to mess with, like, Some medications and stuff, and, like, in order to get the right dosage, but they don't seem to do anything. They're, like, cool, this is perfect, and I'm, like, how, what kind of doctors do you have if this is, like, the ideal situation? Like, you seemed pretty, like, you seemed pretty fine without having medication. You seem worse right. with it. Well, I think it was a, okay, so now we're going to talk about the plot. Now that, we, now that we've talked about a hundred other subjects, we're going to talk about the plot. Um, okay, so Grace is not happy to be back at the embassy because her grandfather hasn't, like, spoken to her since her mother's death. So she's like, don't even pretend like you want me here because you, like, abandoned me He still doesn't really talk to her when she's at the embassy yeah. either. He's like, I'm so happy to have you. But he's, like, clearly, like, not super comfortable with her, obviously. Also, like, he's just busy doing embassy He's also, yeah, he's just busy. But, like, she sees that as, like, he's just been, like, super emotionally distant, which is also true since her mother's death. And she doesn't appreciate that, obviously, because she's, like, been bereaved, as has he. So they're grieving in, like, sort of different ways. Also, his wife, so Grace's grandmother has passed away. I'm I'm a little bit unclear of when in the story that happened, like, if it was when her mom was young. But, like, there's no, he doesn't have a wife either. Right. So it was just, like, him, his daughter, and then his two grandkids, Mm. one of whom is Grace. Yeah. So. And now he's lost his daughter. So. Right. Yeah, so she's back at the embassy with him, Miss Chancellor, who is some super high-ranking aide. But Grace... Slash nanny. 
Yeah, <laughs> puts out fires, basically. For the the yeah. U.S. and Adria is probably the best description of that. Um, That's true. She went into, like, PR. Yeah. She's, like, PR for... Does an embassy have a PR person? Hmm. Well, they, I don't think they have a PR person, but they have people who are assigned to, like, that. Yes. Diplomacy is what they call it there. <laughs> um, yeah, so Grace is not happy to be back. Also, because there's a lot of memories of her mother. Like, they put her in her mom's little bedroom. They're like, how cool is this? And she's like, it's not cool at all. Are you kidding? Um, but she's also... The problem with Grace is not only that, like, she lost her mother in this fire. It's that, according to Grace, and not according to anyone else, but according to Grace, who was there when she saw her mother die, Grace is positive that her mother was actually murdered. And everyone else is like, it was this tragic fire. It was, this, like, old faulty wiring in this old bookstore. Or it's actually, it's not a bookstore. It's an antique shop. An antique shop, An yeah. antique shop that was, like, her mother's dream, that her mother was running. And, like, there's all this Back wood. In the yeah, in Texas, where her father had been posted. Mm-hmm. And... There were, like, antiques and, like, I think there were old books as well, like, lots of paper. So, like, the mm. point is the whole thing was, like, a tinderbox, right? And so it was, like, this tragic fire, and her mom died in the fire, and, like, we're really sorry, Grace, but, like, your mom died in the fire. But Grace saw her mother die, and Grace, so Grace has more, like, trauma associated with that also. But Grace also thinks her mother was murdered. Grace is 100% sure that someone shot her mother. And the man that shot her mother was a man with a scar on his face, because mm-hmm. they're in a James Bond movie. Yeah. I've never actually seen a James Bond movie, but this is how I assume A single go. one? No. You didn't even see Skyfall? No. What? I don't want to see those movies. Whenever I see so those I movies, actually good. like action adventure movies, I just like think about how much damage they're doing and just how much that would cost. And I like cannot enjoy the movie because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like how much millions That's of dollars? Two million of dollars in glass, right there. Right, and it just like really takes me out of bed. Um, <laughs> so I don't enjoy those movies. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I've never seen a single James Bond movie. But wow. I feel like a scarred man with a like a Russian accent. He doesn't have a Russian accent, <laughs> but <laughs> that's not true. Would be what was happening. Also, there are some like leftover Cold War tensions, which I always appreciated. That's true. Book. That is true. Um. So yeah. So Grace saw. Grace is positive she saw this scarred man outside the bookstore, and she saw her mother got shot. Like she is positive that this man killed her mother. No one will listen to her, and she spends like she like can't let this go. Obviously, okay. Like that's three years later. Realistic. Yeah, but even at the time, so what happens is that she's so, like, adamant that this happened, and everyone else is like, no, it didn't. So they think she's going crazy, and she ends up, like, in a mental ward, I think. Yep. Heavily sedated, like, restrained and everything. So part of her flashbacks are also the flashbacks to when she was in this mental ward. Yeah. So, like, bad things happened. Yeah, she has a lot of trauma. She doesn't dwell on it, though. That's true. Good job, Grace. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate that. I do. That's not what I signed up <laughs> you for. You can be emotionally scarred. That's fine, but we don't want to hear about it. That's not what I read about. But, like, this is an escapist novel, so, like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I pick up a memoir about your, like, your battles with, like, depression, that's when I want to read about that. Mm-hmm. There's a time and a place. Yeah. That's what we're saying. So. <gasps> yeah. So, three years later. She's still positive, and she's accused, turns out she's accused several people with scars on their face of being her mother's killer. Like, at the airport. Yeah. And, like, at Starbucks. Like, <laughs> just, like, in the world. And, like, other characters point out, they're like, I've never seen anybody with a scar on their face. How have you seen four? And, yeah. So, it's not, so. Have you never, I've seen people with scars on their faces. I yes. said one of the characters pointed that out. I guess I have two. But it's not common. I haven't seen four that I... I mean, I also wasn't paying attention. Right. You don't look for them and, like, remember them. You're like, that yeah. scarred man. And the that thing is, they, like, talk about how, board. like, when you are so fixated on something, like, yeah. you'll find it everywhere. Which is what happens. And that's, like, where all of her... That's where they are, have kind of placed her 
mental health issues is with this, like, obsession with the scarred man. Mm-hmm. Although later we find out that's not why she has mental health issues yeah. happening, because there's other line, other underlying stuff. But anyway, so, like, her whole goal in life now is to, like, find the scarred man and make him pay, which, we, like, is very unclear. Is she going to kill him? Like, yeah, this is a 16-year-old, 16-year-old girl, which her grandfather's an like, ambassador. Her... Father and older brother in the military, but she herself has, like, no special skills. I mean, I guess, like, she was taught how to defend herself. Michelle's dog is, like... First it was, like, growling. <laughs> so if you heard him growling on recording, that's what that was. Now he's, he's dreaming. Like, spasming. I don't know. Anyway, he's we'll let dreaming. You know. Okay. I'll keep... We'll keep you updated. <laughs> <laughs> if it dies. Um, oh sorry, if it has a seizure. I don't know. <laughs> the dog is fine. It's fine. Um... She's just dreaming about being an RA like I did. (laughs) (laughs) Flashbacks. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know exactly if she's going to make a pay. But yeah, so she's... She's going to punch him. I don't know. This is like her life school or whatever. Spit on his shoes. And it comes up because, lo and behold... He's at the ball! (laughs) There's another scarred man in Adria. And this time she shirts him. This time she's sure. She's 100%. also sure the last four times. This is the thing. Like, on one hand, like, we are obviously graces of the narrator. We're seeing from her perspective. So, obviously, we're sympathetic to her. She's the main character. She seemed like a nice person. That's cool. But it's also true. Like, she, as readers, we're definitely, like, um, she's definitely not the most reliable narrator. Right. We obviously, like, she has these issues, and we know she's accused people in the past. And so, you're kind of like, um... Okay, like, you can kind of see how, from her perspective, like, these things get out of, blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. As a reader, though, you're not sure, like, how much of this is really... Yeah, you don't know how much we're supposed to trust the narrator's recollection of everything. Because she has accused people in the past, and she's been wrong. And also, everyone else in the story is telling her this didn't happen. Here, mm-hmm. which is my question, okay, if her mother was really shot... Then, okay, even if her mother wasn't shot, if her mother died in a fire, they would have done an autopsy. Because that's what you do. Also, fires, here's, I don't understand, like, people who try and, like, burn bodies as evidence, or, like, try and, I don't understand what the plan is that they're going to burn down the store with her in it to kill her, because normal fires don't get hot enough to burn a body. No, well, okay. Are we going to talk about that now? Guys, that's well, like I just started. End. No, I'm going to okay, tell okay. you what happened. Oh, okay. All I'm saying is that it doesn't make sense. One thing that doesn't make sense. Okay, we at can the talk about this later. Well, no, it's okay. No one cares. The only person who cared about that was Paige. Paige is like, this doesn't make sense from a forensic standpoint. Which, like, okay, but I will say they weren't her, trying to hide evidence. They were like just gonna kill her via burning down a building. Okay, all right, fine. That's Except fine. Grace thinks she got shot, but then everyone's like, no, the autopsy says she was just burned to death. I uh, yeah, that's fine. I will suspend my credibility. Credulity. Could do cred- whatever. I don't know why I'm trying to connect correct pronunciation. Um, <laughs> remember anyway. last was it last week or the week before where I was trying to pronounce? <laughs> yeah, go yeah, go ahead, do it again. <laughs> I can pronounce it in my head just fine. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. If I could tell you, if I would tell you, Dostoevsky. That was like a million weeks ago. Um, but not a million weeks. Okay, it was like four, three. I don't know. The it point was pretty is, little tiny. 
petite thing. Yes. It's a ballet book. <laughs> um, okay, but if her mother had been shot, the autopsy would show that she had a bullet wound. So this is one thing that doesn't make sense in the beginning. Obviously, later it gets explained. Well, the, the family is like, no, the autopsy says she was just burned alive. They're like, no, you're crazy. And she's so like, this, I'm not crazy. Well, this is a thing from Grace's perspective. Like, after everyone's telling her the autopsy shows no bullet wound, like, what justification does she continue to have to think that her mother was shot? She's, like, so, she's so, so sure. Yeah. But, like, she was the only one there. But, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I have pegged Miss Chancellor for the villain since, like, page 72. Because Miss Chancellor is, like, that really, like, nice, super, like, efficient, knows everything about the embassy and everybody in it, like, very in charge person. I'm like, oh, of course it's her. Because she's, like, this super nice person. Right. I definitely was like, it's definitely the scarred man. He's a scarred his face. Scars mean people are really bad. Also, we're not just calling him the scarred man. The book calls him the scarred man. In capitals, like, capital S, capital M. For at least, like, probably the first time. book. Until they figure out his name. And his name's switch. Dominic. But they don't, don't switch all the time. Sometimes they still call him the Scarred Man. The Scarred Man with capitals, which was the most annoying nomenclature to be reading. I liked it. I it. I thought it was fun. Um, yeah. So anyway, then she, like, she, like, winds up telling people, and she's like, I'm gonna follow this man around. But then, like, all the other teens are bored, and so I guess they were following her around. And so she, like, quickly assembles, like, this... Ragtag team. What are you saying? Nothing. She's making faces. I thought she was just summing up the last like turn of pages and like no. a sentence. I'm trying to introduce her like pals, her friends. <laughs> yes. So there's Alexi next door. The Russian embassy is next door to the U.S., which seems. And like there's a like a weird situation. gap between the walls. I never understood what that was. And they get like, I never had but like it's. I never understood any of this. There's like 55 families working here. And this happened. But then I guess we find out later they don't don't all live in the house, but some of them do. I'm like, how? Because they're like, these are just big mansions. I think the ambassadors and their families live in them, and the staff lives elsewhere. But I feel them. like Miss Chancellor lived in the house, too. Maybe she does. I, I don't know. know. I could not, like, understand the size. Because originally I thought all 55 people that worked there and their families lived inside the no. embassy. <laughs> they don't. No. But also I was like, why? So Grace and her mom's room have been untouched in the past three years. And I'm like, if all these people, they just have random rooms that they don't need. I don't know. Whatever. Sizing is weird. And then, yeah, there's a weird gap between the Russian and the U.S. wall that is just big enough for two teams to, like, squish down. But they climb up and they sit on the ledge? I don't know. Yeah, you need more room to climb. It's weird. We don't know how that spatially works, but that's not an important part of the book at all. Anyway, Alexi lives next door. Alexi is from the Russian embassy, which... If you're, like, the child of the American ambassador, are you allowed to have Russian friends? I feel like you're no. not. No. <laughs> well, I mean, both of them are strongly discouraged throughout the book. They're like, stop hanging out with each other. Well, Grace isn't really discouraged. Alexia yeah, she is. is. What? Grace is discouraged. No. By who? By Grandpa. Look it up. I don't believe you. I don't know where it is in the book. Okay, well, I'm not sure if it is. So okay, it me. is. Paige never believes me when I say things, but I don't just make them up. I promise, dear listeners, that I don't just make things up. Someone else can read it, and someone else can let us know. But <laughs> so she's Alexi, which is like sort of a love interest. There's like a love triangle set up. It's clearly going to be like a, a, there's not a love yeah. Triangle. Her Alexi and Noah. No, Noah is in love with Megan or what? Is her name Megan? I think there's going to be a love triangle. There is not. There's okay. There's all right. I admit that maybe Grace is also discouraged by Alexi. I don't remember it, but like that seems plausible. But there is no love triangle set up. What are you reading? What book were you reading? Noah and her are just friends, and Noah clearly has a huge crush on Megan. 
whatever I think it's gonna happen. Like nothing really romantic happens in this book. But I think later on the series there's gonna later, be later okay, it's clearly Grace and Alexi. Drama. Noah has a crush on Megan, this other girl in the American Embassy. Her mom works for the American Embassy. Yeah, and she became a hacker because one time she watched her mom do it. <laughs> Which yeah. is like the most impressive thing ever because I've tried to teach like I've started, like, trying to teach myself basic coding through, like, Code Academy, and it's really hard, and you can't just, like, look at someone and, like, figure out how to do it, because it's just, like, a lot of memorizing, like, commands and things. She's, like, a hacker. Yeah. That she, like, can hack, she, like, <laughs> can hack into embassy computer systems, which I'm sure have pretty high encryptions, because it's the U.S. embassy. Like, this is, security is important. And Megan just is, like, I don't need a password. <laughs> And she, like, gets into people's computers. That part was pretty shaky. I didn't understand that. I'm going to quickly introduce the rest of the characters who we've named but haven't actually told you who they are, and then we can talk about that part of the plot, which, yeah, true story, didn't really make a lot of sense. Okay, so Alexei, we said, the Russian guy next door, who's kind of a love interest, Grace's older brother has told him to, like, keep an eye on yeah, him. Yeah, Grace's older brother is and best Grace friend. Is like, leave me the heck alone. I don't need... You're not my brother. Like, you don't need to watch right. me. Grace's brother is best friends with Alexi. Mm-hmm. Oh, because he's, like, a little bit older or whatever. Then there's Noah. I hope his name's... His name's Noah. His name's Noah. Noah Megan. Yeah. Noah is half Israeli, half Brazilian. And his name is Noah. I guess Noah is an Australian, Australian name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Noah's someone... It's definitely not... <laughs> it's definitely not Brazilian. It sounds like a very American name. Like, I know a lot of seven-year-olds named Noah. That's so Noah's mom is the Israeli ambassador. His dad is, the, or they. I don't, I don't think, think either are. of them. They are the ambassadors. I think they both were. But he lives in both the embassies. Yeah. See, so unclear. his parents are the ambassadors. I don't know. I don't know. I'm Whatever. Getting, that's unclear about who lives where. Completely unimportant. He might just live on the embassy grounds because, like, Megan doesn't live at the U.S. embassy, but her mom's house is on the grounds. Noah's dad is definitely the Brazilian ambassador. I remember that. I don't know about his mom, but his dad is definitely the Brazilian. Oh yeah, ambassador. you're right. You're right. Maybe. I don't know. That seems weird. Whatever. I think these um, are mostly ambassador's kids, except for Megan. Megan is, her mom works, like, It's like said, the head of security or something. Head of security. And I guess her, she's ex-CIA, maybe. Maybe she's current CIA. Who knows? I don't know how the State Department works. Again. <laughs> I think she's probably ex. Whatever. The point is, Megan is her daughter. So Megan's an American, and the only one who's not the child of an ambassador. Right. And then we have Rosie, too. I don't remember who oh. Rosie belongs to. Rosie's German, I think. Yeah, and she's, like... 12, but they make her seem like she's, like, 2. They, like, keep highlighting the she's fact she's, like, Luna tiny. She's the Luna of this book. <laughs> she's, like, tiny and... But she's, like, super smart. And, and they, like, blonde. find out she's really smart. And she, like, tracks people. That's, like, her skill. She can, like, follow. she's really small. She, and she gets bored, I guess. Because, like, a lo- it seems like all the rest of the ambassador's kids are around the same age. Like, they're all, like, late to mid-teens. But Rosie's, like, 12 or 11. I think she's 12. That's my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, he has a lot of thoughts. Thing. Um, no, but so she follows people. That's like her special skill is like following people and being sneaky. Yeah, I think she's a lot like Luna Lovegood, from physical appearance to just like general like zaniness. Okay, I didn't pick up on that, but I wouldn't be like mad. I'm not like mad about it. <laughs> Come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I forgot about Rosie, but um, okay. I really liked Rosie. Rosie Grace. and Megan were my favorite characters. Even though they didn't make sense. <laughs> but I love it. Grace has seen the scarred man. This time she's positive at this ball, like we said. So now she's... Well, first she does try and go to her grandfather or something. 
She eventually ends up telling yeah. him and yelling out about it. Turns out the scarred man is also in her grandfather's poker group. So no, he isn't. Thanks, Granddad. He's oh, the prime minister is the prime Sorry. minister is, and the scarred man is the prime minister's like head of like security head of security head of uh-huh. security. Yeah. Okay. So they're like together all the time. So the prime the ambassadors all have a poker group, which I feel like is probably accurate. Yeah, informal diplomacy, soft diplomacy. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so the scarred man's like over at the embassy, and then she like tells Grandpa, and Grandpa's like, No. She's like, What the hell? You are harboring my mother's killer. And her grandpa's like, if I was, if I, if, then he's like, Grace, don't you think if, if someone killed your mom, I would be after them? Like, she she was my only daughter. I don't have a wife anymore. Like, she's like all I had. Mm -hmm. Don't you think I would like go after the killer? And Grace was like, I don't know, bye. Um, and she was like, I just told you who the killer was. And, um, yeah, so there's drama there. Yeah. But then she's like, fine, grandpas are going to help me. I'm just going to follow him on my own. And then she gets her, like, friends, and they, like, follow him. And they, like, then they find underground tunnels in the city. Yeah, her friends become the instrumental part of this, which is sort of, like, her friends totally believe her, which is nice of them. They're totally like, yeah, I believe that Grace saw this person that killed her mother, and this time she's sure. Grace also lies to them and says that she's never accused. Well, they ask. They just never ask about it. No, Noah does, because that's why he gets so mad. Noah asks... Have you ever, like, accused anyone before? And she said no. Oh, I don't remember that part, but okay. And, of course, she has, but she doesn't want them to think she's crazy, obviously. <laughs> that's, like, she one of her, how this looks, that's one outsiders. of her big fears, is, like, when she has panic attacks, she doesn't want anyone to see her. Like, her right. biggest fear is, like, people thinking she's just crazy, mm-hmm. because she spent so much time institutionalized, and she spent so much time having people just tell her she's crazy, that, yeah. like, when she has people that finally believe her, that's, like, her biggest fear is for them to just, like, find out that she is actually just crazy. Right. Which is reasonable. Yeah. Especially if you claim to see something that nobody else saw, obviously. You're either really sure of yourself or you're really starting to question, like, <laughs> how sane you are. Right. Um, so that's reasonable. But they go along with it. They're really nice. It surprised me, like, how chill they were. It would be like, yeah, definitely. This guy is your mom's killer and we will definitely, like, follow him around. And here I felt as... And I think we both thought the plot kind of went off the tracks a bit. Not the plot exactly, but just, like, it started to really strain belief. You had to suspend a lot of... Yeah, again, like, a Disney Channel movie, like, teens are doing things that teens don't do, and, like, they're just running around, there's very little consequences, no one has caught on to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's really... Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. If you, you have to suspend belief to enjoy it, but if you do, I think it's really quite enjoyable. They're, like, hijinks as they... Mm-hmm. Find like secret trapdoors and deal with evil masked men and hack into the right. <laughs> U.S. Yeah. embassy's computers. Like Nichelle said, Megan is a hacker, and the explanation the book gives is, or that Megan gives in the book is that she like my mom, my mom worked for the CIA, which like um my dad like sells stainless steel tanks and my mom does accounting, but like I don't know how to do payroll and I don't know how to quote like a forty thousand gallon silo to someone. So, I don't understand how, like, your parent doing something means, especially if your mom's in the CIA. Like, I feel like your mom doesn't come home from work and be like, hey, look what I did at work today. <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch me hack things? <laughs> We're hacking into Russia today. I feel like if your mom works in the CIA in, like, a serious capacity, you probably, A, don't know your mom works in the CIA. You probably... I mean, it seems like she's probably always had, like, more of an office job. Right. You probably have no idea what she's doing to the CIA. Yeah, I don't think she brings her work home. I don't think she sits at the kitchen table after dinner. 
and it's like, I have to catch up on hacking. Right. Like, no, it's illegal for a lot. If Once you get to a high enough security, like, you mm-hmm. cannot bring that stuff out of the building. Right. Yeah, you take a different route home from work every day. You are not allowed to have a computer with anything on it, like, outside of your office that has passcodes and fingerprint yeah. scanners. Imagine if someone broke into your car in, like, the Target parking lot, and someone got the, <laughs> the, new the State Department's computer. <laughs> the codes. The new codes. So... Because everyone who works for the government carries those around on their mm-hmm. computer. Yeah, you gotta have those at all times. Because everyone is responsible for that. <laughs> it's a shared job, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that made no sense. And then they eventually, like, they plan, they're like, you know what we're gonna do? Because again, Megan has like, these mad espionage skills. Yeah. With really. Because no her mom's in the CIA. That's the explanation. I know, that's the explanation. That's a dumb one, obviously. Um, and. It's not like she grew up on a family farm, and so that's how she knows a lot about milking cows, you know? Her mom's like, man, I have too much hacking to do tonight, so you're going to have to take one for the team, Megan. <laughs> the farm, <laughs> incidentally, it used to be the name for, like, I think it was back when the CIA was actually the OSS in, like, World War II-ish. The farm was, like, what they called their secret facility, I think. Pretty sure. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Fun facts. But anyway, so they're doing um, hijinks. So they decided to break into the scarred man slash Dominic's house. To, I guess, just, like, here's the thing, they have, like, no plan. They plan to bug it, but it's, like, just, like, they get involved, but they really, they seem like they have no end goal. I guess they're just trying to gather information. It was weird. They they seemed like to have no plan. They didn't. They did not tell you that they were planting cameras until after they left Until it was happening. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I guess we're bugging the smoke alarm. Right. Which, so, yeah, it was, that part wasn't really well plotted, I feel like. And, again, so, Allie Carter, the author, she wrote this other series about teenage spies, which, again, you're also suspending a lot of belief there, but there at least you have the whole backstory of, like, they actually go to a school where they are becoming Trained. spies, and, like, they get drafted in the CIA when they get out of school or whatever. So it, like, made sense. And her other book, High Society, about the art thieves, like, they came from a family of art thieves, and this was clearly, like, a family business that they've been taught, which is different from your mom being CIA. So there was more of a background here. It was just, like, they started doing the kind of stuff that they did in her other series, Without actually having, like, any, like, the training for it. Right. So, yeah. anyway, they almost get caught when they go to yeah. the house. So, shopping. Megan, like, hacks the alarm system because she's a hacker, but she doesn't turn off the motion sensors. So, so the second alarm system. With motion sensors. Sure. And so, they get caught, and they have to, like, hide in a closet, and he just, like, and then they throw a cat in through the <laughs> skylight until it'd be like, there's where the motion came from! And Dominic's like, oh, yeah, that's probably it, and then he just leaves, because, like, two of them are hiding in a closet, I don't know where the other two of them are. I think they got out, that's how they got up on the roof and threw a cat through the skylight. <laughs> this is true, so we the didn't other, make Yeah. And so Noah and Grace, Grace. are in the closet, in the closet, and, they, and she smells a coat with like, she's, like, smoke. smoke. She, like, smells the fire, and she's, like, yeah, this is it. This is for sure it. Also, Alexi is not involved in any of this, just FYI. He's, like, yeah. the side love interest situation, but they're, like, he is not involved in them, like, hanging out in the, also, they hang out in the Iranian embassy all the time. Yeah. Side note. But anyway. Um, Which yeah. is, again, like, holy crap. The dog's gonna go through the window. Um, he doesn't go. Again. Embassies on foreign soil are that country's soil. 
So, like, at the U.S. Embassy, you're on U.S. soil. So, if you're at the Iranian Embassy, you're on Iran soil. Yeah, little Noah, <laughs> who's his mom is the Iran- Israeli um, ambassador, probably shouldn't just, like, Iran has cut dim- um, diplomatic ties with um, Adria, is what we are kind of informed, but their embassy is still there. Mm-hmm. They don't have anyone staffing it, so it's so just... like, maybe even- it's kind of an ex-embassy, but still, like... But they, like, try, other embassies have tried to get it because they have the, the primest spot in Embassy Row because they're, like, on the coast line, which seems like also the most dangerous spot. So if you're Iran, maybe I would want that, but um, they also have hot springs. They have, like, a really cool pool in their basement. We find out because they start sneaking in, and that's where they have their, they they hang out and, like, meet about these things. Like, this becomes, like, the gang's clubhouse. Yeah. Iran. (laughs) That's also what I would pick. Um, Not, like, Starbucks. Iran. If, If you're at Starbucks doing stuff, you can explain that away with, like, anything. If you're on the Iranian embassy, Good luck explaining that. One time I was at a coffee shop and the man across from me was like having an interview type situation happen, which happens at like yeah. coffee shops all the time. But it was not an interview for him. They were like vetting his daughter for something. Crazy. And so they were meeting with the dad, which like what kind of job do you need to vet the daughter for? And they were like talking about the daughter's like mental health issues in the past. And they were like talking about her eating disorder and like oh my all this stuff and like how she dealt with the divorce. And I was like, what the heck are you vetting this daughter for? Yeah. But one, you're talking to her dad. Also, does this seem like the most appropriate place? It's like a quiet. This wasn't a Starbucks. This is like a a local coffee shop, and it's very quiet. There's like an upstairs that like so there's not like coffee shop noise. There's not people coming in and out to buy things. It's just people like studying, reading, like hanging out. So it's like real quiet, <laughs> and they're having this conversation about like things that seem secret. I was pretty sure she was like joining the CIA. But like no, because when you <laughs> when you apply to the CIA, you can't tell anyone that you have. They make it very clear. I don't know what what would she be doing where they need all that information. I have no. Also, idea. where they interview your parents. I have no idea. It was weird. It is weird. But anyway, so coffee shops, the place to meet, but be quiet and discreet because people will listen to you. That's like half the reason you go to coffee shops. Oh, yeah, it's to strap on people. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't pick Iran, though. Iran is probably a worse place than Starbucks. Mm-hmm. For sure. Also, they have run in the whole city. Like, there's no reason they couldn't leave or just, like, hang out in one of their rooms. Yeah, I don't know. So they break into this guy's house who eventually, like, he finds the cameras. It's just, like, it makes does no sense. Does he find the cameras? He does eventually, yeah. Oh. So, and it's just, like, guy, guys, you're bringing, like, it's not, like, a normal house. They're not just teenagers who are like, let's see if we can break into a normal. They're breaking into the head of security. Right, for the country. So, so like, I'm shocked. shocked. He's, he's the, the head of security. security he's the head of security for the Prime Minister of Adria. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And it's just like, why did you think that this was going to work? That's the part that I really... And it does work for a long time, actually. Well, they but, almost get caught, and he eventually catches... They're like, how long... They ask Megan, they're like, how long will we be able to leave these bugs here? And she's like, oh, I'll tell you, there's a bug suite. Could be tomorrow, could be, and it's just like... Could be in a month. Right. She's like, most people, she's like, it depends on how paranoid he is if he sweeps every 24 hours or if he sweeps once a week, which I thought. So, like, they don't, they don't think the bugs are going to last more than a week. But also, once the bugs are found, don't you think? I feel like that kind of tips your hand a little bit. Maybe he doesn't know who they are, but I bet he can find out. He can figure that out real quick. But anyway, it's okay, because we find out later stuff about him. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um... The end of the book, so all of this is leading up, and we're in, like, the last ten pages. And that, granted, this is a series, but, like, all of the drama and action happened in literally the last ten pages of the book. And it gets a little bit confusing. Yeah, stuff, stuff does start happening. Because faster. she, like, 
then they decide to go into Miss Chance. So then her friends find out that she has lied, and so they've, like, abandoned her. And she, she's like, accused other people in the past, right. which was Noah's big thing. Noah was totally on board and, like, totally believed her and was really sincere. But he wanted to know that she hadn't, that this was, she'd never accused anyone before, and she right. lies, and she's accused four other people. So obviously, it's um, not real Which they find that. out after she jumps off of the top of, like, the stairs onto the scarred man's back at, like, this a very important event. Right. Um, there's a G20 summit, um, which has all the, like, world leaders coming together to discuss something important, as summits are. And so it's like the the party ball situation happening at the U.S. Embassy to welcome the president to Adria. Um, so the president has just arrived and is giving a big speech. And then here comes Grace jumping off the top of the stairs, which I assume are, like, higher than normal because she when you look- jumped off, like, the landing, like, the balcony. Whatever, she jumps. The point she is. jumps. I thought it was like the top of the st- Like, you know how stairs have like a that part? Yeah, I know how stairs are. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she like the top of stairs jumps onto the scarred man's back. Sure. Which is I really know. impressive. But then the he scarred man. He pulled out a cell phone. Yeah, so he freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so then everyone abandons her, but she's still really sure. And she knows. Because at one point she like her overhears a scarred man saying, there's a lot of ways to kill someone or something like that. Yeah, so I guess. <laughs> We have missed one thing, that it's not just her being like, oh, he has a scar, he killed my mom. She also did overhear suspicious-sounding conversations that he had. Right. She doesn't have the context for them, but she overheard them. So, I guess we should have mentioned that. Yeah. Sorry, we forgot. In the tunnels, under the city. <laughs> she's like, there's tunnels. I don't know, it gets too Anyway, so then she winds up, her friends abandon her, she gets heavily medicated, blah, 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 but she's like, I know he's going to kill someone. This all happens in the course of, like, a day. She gets, like, medicated. <laughs> <laughs> and she's really worried he's gonna kill someone and so then she sneaks into Miss Chancellor's office and just like goes to her filing cabinets and then finds a file on her mom and she finds a death certificate and the death certificate says cause of death gunshot wound yeah so everyone's been lying to Grace yeah because which is funny because we have this like turn of events where you're pretty sure you're just like oh Grace is actually just crazy this is a little, <laughs> this is ridiculous this whole story you just found out she's crazy because it really is presented like when she jumps in the man, it's just a cell phone. I was like, yep, she's literally just crazy. I um, didn't think so. I thought, I mean, because I, cause what's the chance of this book is about her actually <laughs> just being crazy, you know? Um, she's clearly about her. I felt like maybe someone else did it, West. but, like, this guy man was probably in the clear at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, but then, like, two pages later, you're like, just kidding, everyone is evil. And then shortly after that, she Miss gets. Chancellor, like, catches her going through the final, like, yeah. cancer. They, like, conk her on the head, and she wakes up in the Rapunzel Tower with her hands duct tape behind her back. She gets out of the duct tape. She can, like, see out the window, but she's in, like, a tower in the middle of Adria. A Rapunzel Tower. Like, there's no stairs. Just a tower. Like there, I guess there might be stairs. I, I think there's almost positively stairs. I'm mostly, like, airlifted her. So she's trapped in this tower, and she's trying to yell out the window, but no one's paying attention because, like... There's a big event going on. This is, like... a big event going on, and she's, what, like, way up in deal. a tower. And so, then she realizes there's a brick loose, and she just breaks a hole in the wall of the tower. She takes apart some of the rocks, and then she... <laughs> and then there's a cable. I'm assuming, like, an electrical cable situation. I don't know. It, it better not be an electrical no, it cable. Like, it doesn't oh matter God. if it's an electrical cable as long as you're not touching the ground. You can, like, play on electrical wires as long as your feet aren't on the ground. What? Yeah. You should not ever touch... Cables, grounded cables. cables. If there are, if they're still attached to the sky and you're hanging, that's totally fine. I don't. Think so. It's fine. I we, figure it's a cable for like holding up like a flagpole or something. I thought it was an electrical cable, which is fine because if you don't have something to ground the electricity, <laughs> the electricity won't travel through you. 
It's true. And I think you should just not take your chance with electricity. <laughs> anyway, she jumps out the window onto this electrical cable and, like, swings to the ground. <laughs> I don't know what happens. It's a little bit unclear. And so then she, like, is like, okay, I have to make it back to the embassies to stop this man from killing. She, I think at this point she thinks he's going to kill the president. Or her grandpa. Or the prime minister. I don't know. Or her the prime minister. Someone important. She keeps Something. changing her mind. She kind of sounds like a crazy person. So, um, so she runs back, and then she she can't get back because there's too much security. So she goes back into the tunnels under the city, and then like pops out under the bleachers where the prime minister is and the scarred man. They were just like waiting. I guess for her. they're waiting for him to go in and speak. I don't know. Whatever. That's where she ends up. Yeah, and then the scarred man's like, "I'm not evil," and she's like, "Yes, you are." And then she like takes his gun, but then he takes it back, and then the prime minister's like, "I'm evil." Yep. Plot and then, twist. And then the scarred man shoots the prime minister. Yeah. So it turns out, if you don't follow all that could happen I fast and it was confusing, the prime minister was the one who wanted Grace's mother dead for reasons that we don't know about. Apparently, this is obviously setting up the rest of the series. Um, and he also, then I guess he wanted Grace dead, too, because she was like a loose end or something. Yeah. And Dominic, the scarred man, it turns out he was has always been in love with Grace's mother. And so he got the assignment from the prime minister, but he didn't want to kill her. And he knew that if he didn't take the assignment, someone else would go do it anyway. So he decides to go, like, stage Grace's mom's killing. Yeah. So Grace's mom knew that he was going to, like, plant the bomb that sets off the fire in her mm-hmm. store. And they were just going to make it look like she was dead. But then Grace, what happens, and what Grace ends up finally remembering through this chain of events yeah. is that what happened was that he was there because he and his mom, he and her mom were staging this thing and she ends up stumbling into it and obviously has no idea what's going on and like won't be calmed down by them, I guess. I don't know. She sees him trying to kill her mom. That's what she thinks she sees. And the place is on fire, I guess. And she ends up with the gun and tries to shoot him, but her mom jumps in front of it and ends up getting shot by Grace. So Grace shot her mom trying to shoot who she thought was her mom's killer while the thing is burning down around them. And that's what she's been, the memory she's been repressing the whole time was that she was actually the one who shot her mom trying to save her mom. So she did remember factually that the Scarman was there and that her mom was shot, but she didn't remember the, the key part, <laughs> which was where she shot her mom trying to shoot the other person. And she gave the scarred man his scar, sort of. He wasn't scarred before that. He, like, a balcony fell on his face. Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing was burning down, I guess. Whatever. But, yeah. So she does it. So then, at this point, I had, like, tremendous We Were Liars flashbacks and through the Which book. I still just, didn't like, think about because it was... Why do people accidentally kill people? Like, if it's too smoky for you to see... Because it also is, like, really smoky, so it's, like, unclear what's happening. And, I mean, her mom jumped in front of... Which, also, like, as a mom, just let your daughter shoot the man. Like, you're going to traumatize your daughter way more. <laughs> I feel like you, you should, should you should pull down the person that's being shot at and, like, maybe, like, hit the floor or something instead of jumping in front of the bullet. But, okay, so the thing is, we were liars. So, this is still... the actual like events that happen they do end up being like kind of close to we were liars but what makes it different is that we were liars is a horrible book (laughs) and also that like the characters burn down the house because they're so stupid and they're so like unable to deal with themselves and their lives and just like privilege they're gonna just burn to the ground so dumb right grace obviously in this like moment of panic makes a bad choice right she doesn't realize how it's gonna turn out obviously that's not wasn't her intention she didn't go into the situation she didn't she was gonna hurt anyone. Like, right. So she just like <laughs> She's like, Mom, I'm so sick of antiques, I'm gonna burn this <laughs> <to our house." laughs> 
she sees someone trying to kill her mother in this burning building, and so yeah, she and tries to defend her mother, but ends right. up, it goes badly for reasons outside of her control. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway. So then, we don't know why her mother was killed, but it, it appears, because at the very end, Miss Chancellor takes her back into these tunnels under the city, and put, pulls her into this big room with this, like, secret symbol, so it appears that, like, her mother was part of a secret organization, and that, like, her antique store was kind of just a front, but, like... Which I actually remember none of this. Um, just so, saying. everyone, her whole life, Grace had been told her mother was just, like, an antique stealer, but, like, really, she has is playing, like, a much larger role in doing some sort of secret government function, which now they've decided 16-year-old Grace is going to be a part of. Yeah, because <laughs> otherwise she's apparently going to keep trying to, like, kill random people. Well, now she knows this, who the scarred man right. was. This Dominic. Yeah. Will we keep calling him the scarred man? We will see in the book. Oh, my gosh. I hope <laughs> but, um, I think scarred man was his, like, evil name, and now that he, we know he's not evil, he can be called Dominic. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it was a wild ride in those last five pages. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Prime Minister... So, Scarred Man... I don't know if we said this. Scarred Man shoots the Prime Minister. He's in a coma now. Mm-hmm. Good luck explaining that when your job is actually to protect the Prime Minister. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're getting fired. Well, they were going to flee... going to jail. They were going to flee the country. That was the original plan, was for Dominic um, and... Uh, what's her name? Grace. I keep reading her name. To flee the country. So, maybe he's going to flee the country. She's obviously not, because now she's part of a secret organization. I don't know how they're going to get out of this. Yeah, so they've obviously set this up for a series. Yeah. Clearly. They do a great job setting it up for a series, because that last scene is, like, Miss Chancellor bringing Grace into this huge room where there's, like, gears and wheels that are, like, really, really old that seem to control things in the city, like doors and tunnels and gates and things. I don't remember that. So, <laughs> it's literally the last page. I believe you, and I just looked at it, and you're correct. I just, like, have no so. recollection of reading that. There's a secret organization. Now Grace is a part of it. They're probably going to bring her friends, and it's probably going to be great. I'm excited about it. I probably will read a sequel, not right away, but one day. Yeah. Yeah, so... I don't think the sequel's even out yet. This Well, this was published a while ago. I think the sequel is probably out. When is this published? 2015? Uh, maybe not. But probably soon. Yeah. They normally... They knock these out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, one interesting point that I wanted to bring up was, so we've been talking a lot about how the main character is crazy, slash everyone thinks she's crazy, slash all the issues of that, um, and there was one, like, part that I thought was really interesting, um, the narrator said, and I thought I had the page number written down, but I'm looking at the page, and I'm like, what the heck, it's not on here. Um... Okay, hold that thought. Ew, look at that noise on our thing. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you I might not get to, stop, to hear that. Like humming slash. It doesn't read well. Shrieking. Um, where is it? What the heck? My favorite. While well, you look, I'll find my favorite okay, quote. My right. favorite quote from the book is on page sixteen, and it's "I don't play any game I can't win." And I was like, I really empathize. <laughs> Me with either. That. <laughs> oh, the sequel is out. Update. I thought so. Uh, it's called See How They Run, and she's wearing a much prettier dress on this okay. cover. Good. Um, have you found it yet? No. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hold on. We're going to pause it so I can find it. Okay, we found it. It was on page 169, exactly where I wrote down my page number. I just couldn't find it when Are I was Are you serious? Reading. Yeah. Okay. I was right. I just couldn't see. Anyway, so... She says, I was 13 when I saw my mother die, when I told my story, when I started having a hard time, as my grandfather likes to say. Would they have locked me up 
locked me up if I'd been 30, if I'd been a boy? It's a question I do not dare to ask. Which I thought was actually a really interesting perspective on, like, would, like, how would this have read if she had been a boy, actually? Because if she's a girl, like, we we already know, like, they thought she was crazy, they institutionalized her, whatever. What would it have been like if she was a guy? It's actually an interesting question because I don't know if you saw that article or not, but, like, there's, like they, there's evidence that, like, women are, I mean, that's just, like, so stereotypical that women are typically hysterical, so you're much less likely to believe that and to think it's just, like, hysteric so that they're just crazy. And there was actually, um, like, a study of hospital care for women, and it turns out women's reports of pain are far, like, less regarded than men's are, and women are far more likely to be given sedatives rather than painkillers when they're in the hospital because they think it's just, like, like, women will come in, like, reporting having, like, horrible, like, abdominal pains or whatever, the same as a man would, but instead of being given a painkiller, they'll be given the sedative, because it's just, like, in your head, and it's just, like, emotional, instead of, like, the physical pain it is. Why are you just, like, sitting there? This is really interesting, and you have nothing to say. <laughs> I haven't read this article. Oh, well, I just told you about it. I just summarized it for you. Okay, but I don't have time to think things. Oh, well, think fast. I'm, like, obviously that's, I don't know, like, what do you want to say? Like... Obviously, that's not a good thing. Like, we should believe everyone no matter their gender. There you go. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting point that she brings up. Would she have been thought of as so crazy if she had been a boy? Because I don't know. Yeah. But I also feel like she might have had stronger uh, repercussions for, like, her behaviors. Mm. Like, her consequences might have been more severe. Like, like not none of these things are ideal but I think that because she's like so seen as so unstable and so like kind of hysteric she's just a girl she's not taken seriously and so like although her claims are not taken seriously also her actions are also she's forgiven a lot easier yeah I think it's kind of a two way street there neither of these are good things but and if people were to take her claims seriously she wouldn't have had to kind of resort to these sort of crazy antics of jumping off things on top of people, which is, like, the most absurd visual of just this girl in a dress. She's at a party. Like, it's not a ball, but, like, she's wearing, like, a a T-length dress, yeah, and she, like, jumps (laughs) to this guy's back. Um, So, yeah. Also, then, you know how annoying that would be if you worked at either embassy? Because the Russian um, (laughs) president, prime minister, I don't know, is over at... The house, the U.S.'s house, at the U.S.'s house, um, to like welcome the president, president there, and there here comes this girl flying and like hitting people, like yeah, this is an international incident, is what this is, yeah, um, and she has very little consequences, really. They're just like, okay, you have to be drugged now. Like if she gets medicated, she has to start seeing a therapist again. Um, which she should be doing all along. Like yeah. I'm sorry if she doesn't want to. Too bad, so sad. You have to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it turns out that, like, she's not crazy. I mean, she obviously she has, like, this post-traumatic stuff going on. And right now, she should be in some therapy, obviously. Right. But it turns out that she's not crazy in that way. She really did see her right. mother get shot. Unfortunately, she's, she's she not pressed the part where she shot her mother. Right. She's not crazy. She just has, like, some lingering issues from a major trauma, like most people would. And she repressed the memories, yeah. So. Right. And I guess you can see why people didn't tell her, obviously, that, oh, don't worry about it because you shot your mom. Yeah, like, that probably wouldn't go sort of. well. I don't know exactly how well anyone would take that But you have to bring it up eventually. Well, I think they want her to remember on her own, which I guess is understandable. 
But yeah, it causes uh, a lot of years problems. later. At what point do you just say, like, she's probably not going to remember? Like, I love well, This thing, she should be in therapy. I'd be like, a month later, I'd be like, she's not going to remember. Let's move on. <laughs> she should, I mean, that's, isn't that, okay, I'm not actually a psychiatrist, and I don't actually, couldn't swear to any of this. Shocking. Um, <laughs> but just like everything else, I'm willing to give an opinion anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, I, isn't it, like, when people are repressing things, and they're in therapy, isn't it sort of the point that through talking about what they do remember and, like, through, like, some very carefully controlled, like, therapeutic... Yeah. They're supposed to... It's supposed to help them unrepress that. Right. In a, like, controlled and, right. like, slow, progressive way. Right. I'm sure that's a therapist's job, but as, as like, her family and friend, Like, her brother knows that she shot their mom. Yeah, that's so horrible that everyone knows... Like, oh, my God. Like, I, I don't know. And Grace, obviously, then is suddenly, like... Is dealing with the fact that, like, oh my god, I shot my mother, and also the fact that, like, her whole family has known. And unfortunately, she doesn't get to hang out with her mom's ghost for two years. <laughs> yeah. Before she figures it out. Unlike we were liars. Her oh mom is not a ghost in this book. Huh? book is the worst. Ugh. Were they even ghosts, or were they just, like, projections of her They're crazy just projections. Mind? Yeah, no, she was just, like... we didn't say that, we definitely called them ghosts in our podcast. They were not ghosts. They were, like, she made these people up. Also, her family just went along with the fact that she had just, like, imaginary friends. We're going back to We Were Liars. Sorry. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> Never over yet. Uh, no. I don't know. We don't really... I mean, we get to see, like, a glimpse into her grief, but I feel like that's not the point. She's gonna then channel... And later in the series, this is my yeah. projection onto later in the series, but yeah. I imagine she's going to channel kind of that energy into her new role as a crime-fighting secret agent of this secret organization. Yeah. Which is, I assume, what is happening. I don't actually know. But I assume what it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the book. Yep. I enjoyed it, for the most part. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Um, if you like this, you'll probably like her other series, because like we said, there's a yeah. lot of strong commonalities. Um, the Gallagher Girl, Gallagher, I can't say that, Gallagher Girls one in the High Society. Yeah. I thought High Society was more interesting than this, yeah. personally. I loved High Society. Um, I don't, I read Who it. Who doesn't want to be an art thief? I read it when I was, like, a freshman in high school, so it's been a while, but, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that book. I would recommend it if you enjoyed this book, or even if you didn't, and you've ever had a fleeting interest in art thievery. <laughs> yeah. You want to learn some stuff? I <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um beyond that i also would like to recommend this these books are kind of more of a middle grades book <laughs> pages taking selfies in the i corner. am not i'm trying to fix <laughs> my hair i'm trying to fix my hair um but this author i feel like wrote similar books where you have like teens dealing with crime <laughs> okay and like not like in a murder mystery sort of way but in a more like um i don't know structural way but um, his name is Roland Smith, and my two, two of my favorites, I read a ton of his books when I was in middle school, uh, but two of my favorites were Zach's Lie, which is about this kid who goes into witness protection and then winds up, like, fighting drug cartels. This is realistic fiction. Yes. And this <laughs> other book. Oh, my God. Dad's freaking me out. If you're wondering about the genre of this. <laughs> this other one's called Jaguar. So this kid who goes to South America with, I think, his father, and he winds up kind of, like, Fighting poachers. Um, maybe also some drug cartels. I can't remember. But they're great. He's a great author. And if you really enjoyed this kind of escapist teen adventure sort of thing, I would recommend those books. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a lot younger. Um, also, 
Paige hasn't read them, so. I haven't read them, but, I mean, I'm not wrong in saying that they're for children. Am I? No. Okay. The characters are all, like, young teens. Like, oh. 14, 13. They're not, like, 10. Okay. I don't know. But I feel like this book was for younger pit kids. Like, I would have read this book and enjoyed it at, well, like, like, teenagers. Age. I know. But I would have enjoyed this at, like, age 15. I feel like it was not geared 15 for... 15 is a teenager. I know. So is 13. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know. You were like, this is definitely for younger kids. And I was like, he just not read them. Yeah. But it's middle grades, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I feel like this book is younger in the teen market. Like, if we were going to look at why is a genre that stretches from, like, 14 to 20. 20 what? would be a high up <laughs> This is definitely the 18? 14 to 15 range more than, like, 17, 18. Just because it's not as dark, I feel like, as a lot of the books. Yeah, YHS I mean, these are definitely, dark. like, cleaner books. Yeah. Like, there's not, like, serious, like, dark... It's not dark. I mean, like, there's, there's, like, obviously. <laughs> murder. There's some dark. It's not dark at all, right? There's no darkness. She shot her own mother. Even though she shot her own mother, the book is actually not dark. Quite That's lighthearted. <laughs> a lighthearted take on matricide. <laughs> um, I, don't, I feel like it doesn't have a lot of that angst that we often see in my genre. Yeah, there's some angst, but it's not, like, it's not serious. Like, like, it's not, like, it's not eating disorders. It. It's not sexual assault it's yeah it's, it's not just a- matricide <laughs> we're not really sound any better it's we're right and if you read it you know that we're right but we can't do a better job of articulating why this book with some right. dark stuff in it is actually not really dark it's very escapist yeah it is um yep also right. we have to rate this on a scale yeah. wait but i wanted to recommend a book so if you're um. looking for okay so this is kind of maybe a little bit of a stretch possibly <laughs> But we didn't have, like, a perfect, perfect book. So it's going to be good. If you're looking for maybe an adult book that is somewhat on these themes, um, I would recommend an Agatha Christie book. I love Agatha Christie. They're also escapists because she mostly writes, like, the genre cozies of mysteries, which is, like, people at their, like, giant English manor house summering and what? Oh, no, there's someone walking by the house. The dog's just looking at it right now, but this could go back. <laughs> She's okay. <laughs> I don't know, Paige has a dog of a very similar size who also barks at things. <laughs> I'm sure she's heard dark dog bites before. Also, now my dog's trying to comfort her because she just fell over. And he's like, are you okay? <laughs> Need medical attention. Oh my god. She literally fell over on the ground. <laughs> I was sitting on the ground already. <laughs> she fell off a chair. Fell over, face on the ground. Anyway. <laughs> I was waiting for it to happen, but I was still startled. <laughs> anyway, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I we were talk- you were like, like, let me tell you a little bit about <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Agatha Christie. I'm going to go on. Um, she writes cozies, which are... This is important. <laughs> like, if you want your murder mysteries set in, like, with amongst really rich people at their, like, fancy summer houses in England, they drink a lot of tea and also have a cocktail hour. If that's the kind that you like. Also, someone's dead. Um, 
I would recommend, um, I think it's called The Mystery of the Seven Dials, but it could also be The Seven Dials Mystery. Whatever. Seven Dials. Um, which you'll also figure has, it out. You'll find it. Also has a female protagonist who is cool and solves XYZ murder mystery. <laughs> That's as much as I connected on here yet. Um, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. We gave you two different suggestions. <laughs> okay. We gave three if you include us recommending the other Ally Carter books. That's true. The point is. You got a multitude of suggestions. <laughs> when we don't have a, like, so a stop really whiny. <laughs> when we don't have a really good suggestion that, like, really matches the book, we, we give, like, three. So. We just, like, start throwing books. Quantity over quantity. <laughs> we're like, would you like this whole library? Maybe you should try reading another book. <laughs> the Mystery of the Seven Dials is really good, though. And now you know what a cozy is. Yeah. It not a cozy, not to be confused with a cozy <laughs> that goes on beer. Okay. <laughs> Let's write this. <laughs> Okay. So we're going to rate this. I'm going to rate it because Paige had no childhood, which is unfortunate. For her. I didn't but, watch TV. Um, I'm going to rate this because I felt like this was the plot of a Disney Channel original movie, like I said earlier. So we're going to rate this on a scale of Disney Channel original movies. So we're going from High School Musical 3 to The Color of Friendship, which is arguably the best Disney Channel movie ever made and deals with major issues such as racism. <laughs> and they even use the N-word. So, you know, it's important. <laughs> Um, I would give this a scale of probably um, the 13th year. Yeah. What? So. I don't know what we're talking about. Paige doesn't know what's happening. My dog's trying to smell her face. <laughs> Marlon, stop. Anyway. Okay. So. Yep. Yep. Um, if you have any suggestions, comments, questions, concerns, anything you want Problems. to send us, you can um, email us at, at smartgirlswhystacks. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Um, we will talk to y'all <laughs> next time. Adios. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to cut this off before it starts screaming.